0: Welcome back to episode 58 of Sporting Max. This episode is brought to you by The Missing Link, connecting you and your business with the biggest stars in the world through events and experiences. Please welcome number 58, NBL broadcaster, commentator, and expert analyst. We've had him on a couple of times already, and it's an honor, a privilege, and an absolute pleasure to have this man on again. Please welcome Liam Santamaria. Maria. Welcome back everyone to another episode of Sporting Max. So today, we are once again joined by NBL commentator, broadcast and expert analyst, Liam Santa Maria. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, Liam. Uh, it's incredible to have you on once again. How are you going?
1: I'm good, mate. I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Um, always ready to chat. <laughs> pre-season for the NBL right now. Uh, yep. Pre-season action just a week away. So mm. lots to discuss.
0: Um, well, first of all, I really appreciate, you know, coming on for another chat. I mean, what an NBL off season it's been. We'll start by, you know, reviewing the off season. Um, so can you sort of explain and take me through, you know, what you've been doing or what you've been working on uh, in the off season?
1: Well, yeah, sure. I mean, it's been a bit of a shorter off season um, mm-hmm. than, than usual. We had an epically long off season yeah. uh, before that last year. So, um, nice to have a short one and, mm-hmm was a quick turnaround because yeah. um as I, ch- I spoke about with Dean Vickerman recently uh Melbourne United they didn't have long to celebrate mm-hmm. their championship they won the title and, and next
0: day they wake up and you got to get ready to do it all over again
1: for real yeah, yeah. yeah. and at free agency opened maybe 48 hours later so mm-hmm. um that was that was kind of the same for us really you know you call on the grand final and the Melbourne United hoist the trophy and then bam, we're right into free agency. So that was, that was a big couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And then straight out of free agency was the Olympics. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the boomers and that, that bronze medal campaign. um, Mm -hmm. I I had a couple of weeks kind of focused on, on covering that speaking Mm -hmm. to people straight after the games and instant reaction to that. And then straight after the Olympics was the summer league um so always some nbl interest and some aussie interest involved there it was unfortunate josh giddy went down in the first couple of minutes of his game but um and it was a it was a bummer not to be there Mm. this year two years in a row (laughs) not able to be there but covered that and then since then um just been gearing up for the start of the season so been speaking Mm. to each of the coaches week after week in the lead up to the new season, a whole bunch of brand new coaches, a couple mm. of coaches who have been doing it for a little while and uh, yeah. just getting a bit of a feel for where all the teams are at um, mm-hmm. because the season now is just around the corner.
0: Um, you mentioned Josh Giddy and how he went down um, with an injury in those first sort of um, NBA summer league games. But now what a start he's had, you know, pick six in the draft. Um, and with OKC, I know, I think they've just, They've pretty much given him, like I described, the keys to the house. You know, like um, Connor Henry probably should have done at Adelaide. Um, (laughs) Nothing against uh, Connor Henry, but um, they've pretty much just said, this is your position. This is your role in the team. You know, here's the keys and it's your position to take.
1: It's been awesome, hasn't Mm -hmm. it? It's been so good. It's a great situation for him, a rebuilding team like that. Mm -hmm. Um, where he can he can have some ups and downs they can lose some games he can make Mm -hmm. some mistakes but they're allowing him to play through it and I actually think Connor Henry deserves some credit for Mm -hmm. the progress that that Giddy's made I mean he has one season in the NBL Connor didn't start him right out of the gate they had Donald Sloan in the mix Mm -hmm. and he kind of eased his way into it. But before too long, you realize, okay, come on, I need to give this guy the ball and let him make plays. And from there on out, it was Josh Giddy running that team. Mm. And um, at the same time, they didn't just give up on the season. It was really Isaac Humphrey's injury that, that took away their finals chances, but I actually think Connor Henry helped Josh Giddy a lot last season and then of course he gets pick 6 in the draft like you say and then he comes mm-hmm. out and right from the start of preseason um, is playing at a really high level so that has just been super fun to watch you've got LaMelo mm-hmm. Ball who did it last year rookie of the year in the NBL rookie of the year in the NBA and Josh Giddy just following in his footsteps beautifully.
0: Um so how have you analyzed uh, his sort of uh, progress over these first sort of five or so NBA games.
1: Well, he just looks so comfortable, doesn't mm-hmm. he? He looks. Yeah. When you hear Michael Cage, the uh, the analyst for the uh, OKC broadcast, talk about how he just doesn't look like a rookie. He mm-hmm. looks like a seasoned vet. Now, mm-hmm. having you know, he's he's one of the youngest, if yeah. not the youngest guy in the league, and um, yet he's playing. Uh, in a way that just looks so comfortable. So that's the, been the big take mm-hmm. for me early on. Um, and you can see, I mean, this is a kid who works hard on his game. And mm-hmm. so he's got some elements to his skill set already that he didn't have earlier in the year when he was playing in the NBL. I mean, the mm-hmm. Florida yeah. has been a beautiful thing to watch, yeah. hasn't it? I mean, Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Matthew Dell. Do- it's not quite Tyler Harvey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's very nice yeah. And, you know, when you're releasing that at six, eight, over the top of the defense, you know, you've mm-hmm. seen it. Guys like Joel Embiid, Rudy Gobert, they can't get to that floater and he's able to, yeah. to make plays. And the other thing is that's really stood out for me, you know, we knew the attributes that he had as a tall point guard, six, mm-hmm. eight, six, nine in shoes, and the ability to make plays by looking over the defense. And that's really, mm-hmm. for me, come home to roost. You know, he's making yeah. plays in pick and roll. No matter the coverage, he's able to see over the top, find mm-hmm. the angle to maybe make the pass to the guy down low or skip it to the to the opposite corner. And he just, you combine the physical attributes and the feel for the game mm-hmm. with his outstanding decision-making. Yeah. He's having a, just a ripping start to his NBA career.
0: I mean, he's made a couple of deep threes too, I've noticed. Um, He's been really working um, on that free ball.
1: Great point. Looks Mm. really comfortable with that. That was a huge talking point throughout last NBL season. And and as the scouts were assessing his development was, he has to shoot that at a consistent clip to keep the defense honest. Mm. Um, And so he's been doing that, not hesitating, spacing to the perimeter, catch and shoot in transition the defense slips under the screen he rises up and lets it go Mm -hmm. and for the most part he's been knocking it down and that just opens up his entire game the defense has to to, to provide a bit more of an honest coverage on those Mm -hmm. pick and rolls and he starts to pick them apart so that's a great point another element of his skill set that he's been working on and has clearly been improving
0: um, now, I remember last time you came on the podcast, um, we had Venice McVicius, the NBA scout, uh, with us, and you actually pitched one uh, of the NBA players, or a couple of them, to Venice, who um, should be looked at by the scouts, and that was Jock Landau and Isaac Humphries. Now, when we've seen Jock Landau get there with the Spurs, and, you know, Greg Popovich is treating him sort of a bit lightly, but, but um, he scored 10, minute, uh, 10 points in the span of five minutes. Um, and he's been playing some incredible basketball in the time that he's actually given on
1: court. Yeah, he's had a good time, not a long time on mm. the floor, hasn't he? Um, yeah. and you could see it in his face and his expression when he was out there. He was a man on a mission mm. in those garbage time minutes that he had, and he made the most of it. And that's that's all he can do. I, I actually think I need a place of call to Matt Nielsen, who's on that San Antonio Spurs coaching. Yeah, what is going on, mate? Can we just, <laughs> can we Jacob out? Mm-hmm. Right now, um, Drew Eubanks is doing some good things, but can we get Big Jock a little yeah. bit more playing time? Um, but it's great to see him there. I was saying all last season, mm-hmm. we know he's going to be an NBA player next year. Just watching his progress over the previous years, blowing up at Summer League for the Milwaukee Bucks a couple of years ago where he was their mm-hmm. leading scorer, should have been in the NBA then. It was... Just lucky for us that we were yeah. able to have a season of him in the NBL, grand final MVP, took his team to the championship, mm. and now he's off and running with his NBA career.
0: So how do you envision the impact that he can have on that Spurs team?
1: We just need some opportunity, mm-hmm. doesn't he? He just needs to stay ready, you know? And it's, that's a tricky, difficult thing to do because he's coming from a situation last year uh, where he was the man. Yep. You know, and and, and there they, they, the, they played through him. He was one of the best players, if not the most influential player in the league, right up there mm. alongside guys like Bryce Cotton and Nathan Sobey. And so to go from that to, all right, I'm not in the starting lineup. In fact, I'm not even in the rotation. I'm mm. at the end of the bench, but I've got to continue to stay ready. i got to put in some extra work during the week on the floor, not just... Not just getting my reps up with my shots, Mm -hmm. but the fitness that you don't—that he's not getting from playing minutes night after night now. So he's putting in all that extra work, staying ready. And we saw when he checked in the other night that Mm -hmm. he's doing a really good job of that. So I just—I'm high on him as Mm -hmm. a future NBA rotation guy. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, can he get to a point where he's a starting big? That's it's going to be a tricky thing to do, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't put it past him in a, in a year or so. But in the meantime, I just think he needs some opportunity and some minutes and he can prove that he can be a part of that rotation. On a Spurs team that's, what are they, three and six right so, now? Yeah. They're not going to be winning the championship this year. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that as the season progresses, he's going to get more of those minutes and I've no doubt he'll take advantage.
0: So with the summer league, we saw Joe go over and to there um, for the Phoenix Suns. Do you see him, you know, progressing into an NBA sort of style player? Obviously, with the um, exit of Jock Landau from Melbourne United, he's obviously going to be stepping up um, into a better and bigger and greater position there.
1: Big opportunity for him. Huge mm-hmm. opportunity this season. And I'm excited that he's getting it. I think it's cool from Melbourne United. They recruit this guy. And you say we're going to sign you to a multi-year deal, um, but you're coming off to you're coming off the bench behind Sean Long in year one. Yeah. You're coming off the bench behind Jock Landau in year two, and he I've described it as he's been bursting at the seams mm. last year for more minutes and more opportunity. And I was surprised. I thought, well, he's going to go elsewhere. That, you, that I'm. I would be. There's no guarantee that Melbourne are just going to say, you know what, we're not going to recruit over you. It's your turn to be the starting five and let's go. So I thought, well, he's a very interesting guy to watch in free agency. Mm -hmm. You know, can Tassie come in and say, do you know what, come to us, you're going to play 30 minutes a game. Mm. Or can a team somewhere else around the country make that kind of offer? But instead, it's cool. Melbourne United have said, you've developed within this program and now you're going to get the opportunity to shine in a big, Mm -hmm. big role. So they've got Ariel Huckporty, the next star. He's going to come off the bench and support... uh, Joe they might even share some minutes together because Joe Mm -hmm. has that that skill set where he can play at the four and it's going to be fascinating to see um, what kind of season he can have in that Mm -hmm. role can he continue to take those leaps that we've seen in recent years and it was a shame that he didn't get out on the floor at Mm -hmm. Summer League he had um, a bit of a health issue that kept him off the floor and meant that the, the Suns weren't able to put him out there. But yeah. hopefully he can have a big year in the NBL and then get another one of those types of opportunities mid-next year and try to take advantage.
0: So how do you think and do you think Melbourne United can fill that hole and void left by Jock Lander? Obviously, you know, signing Caleb Agata and Matthew Dell Vadova. Um, but then they lost Mitch McCarron and Scotty Hobson's exited, you know?
1: Been a bit of a changing of the guard, isn't mm-hmm. it? yeah. You talk about Scotty Hobson and, and Mitch McCarron and Jock Landau, Uday Bubba as well, mm. not with the squad, he's over in the back in the G League, so they're, they're big outs. I mean, they were four mm-hmm. guys that were hugely influential in the yeah. campaign last season. So, how do you cover for them? Well, it's gonna be interesting to see how each one of those new additions go, you know, Dally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think. <laughs> I found an interesting moment. I was told that Mitch McCarron was going to Adelaide before the playoffs last season. Wow.
0: Yeah.
1: Which I find very interesting because really those Mm. conversations aren't supposed to be taking place. Yes. Whether or not he was aware that Delhi was coming in, I'm not sure. Um, Mm. But instead he's going to be running the point with the 36ers so how does delhi go well it's he hasn't played a lot of basketball over the last couple of years mm. um was solid at the olympics but not at the sort of standard we've previously seen from him in the mm. green hole um but so that's going to be interesting he's a high level guy he's going to run the team really well he's going to defend at a high level they Dean Vickerman was telling me he wants him to try to score a bit more Yeah, so back to that Heard kind that. of St. Mary's sort of mindset mm-hmm. that he had where he was a, you know, uh, an aggressive guy looking to score. So that's going to be interesting. Caleb Agata as well. I mean, he's, you know, leading scorer of the Israeli league had that great mm-hmm. game against team USA in the lead up to the Olympics, but this is a big step up coming into the NBL as an import as a mm-hmm. guy that they're going to need to, to get plenty of buckets. And um you know, as we say, Ariel, Huckporty coming in as, as well. So they've got, uh, I think it's, you have to say they've got less talent on paper. Yeah. have to coming into this season. Mm-hmm. Last year, they were completely stacked. We yeah. said from the outset that they should win the title and then they went ahead and got it done. You can't say that about this team right now. But in our very, very early yeah. predictions, I put them in the top four. Mm -hmm. because they've got championship experience on that squad and Chris Golding and Joe Lawala-Chul and Dave Barlow, Mason Peatling, these Mm -hmm. kind of guys. They've got Jack White to come back in. And they have one of the very best coaches we've ever had in the NBL in Dean Vickerman, who knows how to get his teams playing at a high level. Melbourne United's never missed the playoffs with Dean Vickerman at the helm, and I'd be surprised Mm -hmm. if that happens this season.
0: I mean, they've also got an age factor too um, in there. You know, they've got Dave Barlow re-signing him. I think that's a great um, nuller addition to bring him back, you know, with the experience he's had um, at the club. And then bringing in Brad Newley from Sydney um, to sort of cooperate with Dave. I think that – how do you see that move from them, you know?
1: It's a great point about Brad Newley um, because – They've also added Dion Proustar. So they lost Sam McDaniel, who was a key guy for them as a defensive hound on the wing. Dion mm-hmm. Proustar has been playing well in New Zealand. He's going to come in and kind of play that role. And I yeah. think they look at Newell's as a kind of a, a punch of energy off the bench. Now, yeah. he's he's been trending downwards over the last couple of, of seasons. There's no doubt about it as he kind mm-hmm. of gets older in his career. But having said that... Um, uh, I caught up with a couple of the guys from the commentary team for lunch the other day. And Newley happened to be in the uh, in the neighborhood, dropped oh, in oh. and and hung out for a little while. And let yeah. me tell you, he looks in incredible shape.
0: Wow. Incredible
1: <laughs> shape. Like like the newles that we saw out there on the floor for years and years and, and a couple of seasons ago has really trimmed down. Mm-hmm. Working hard with with Nick Popovich on a daily basis in Sydney before he came down to Melbourne, mm-hmm. and I'm excited for that because we know what how dynamic he is in transition as mm-hmm. a slasher towards the rim, drawing fouls and getting on on the rim. And mm-hmm. if he can tap back into that at a high level, that's gonna be that's gonna prove to be a really savvy signing by Melbourne United. So cool to see him in great shape, and can't wait to see what he looks like out on the floor in pre season.
0: What about the Jack Jumpers? I mean, you mentioned uh, Sam McDaniel, not at Melbourne United anymore. Obviously, they've got him. Then they've added Will Magnate, Clint Steindl. They've got all these great Aussie additions plus a couple, couple of start imports. You know, how do you predict their first inaugural season in the NBL is going to go? Oh, it's going to be tough. Yeah. It's
1: going to tough. I think, I think year one for an expansion team is, is always tough. You mm-hmm. know I mean? Um, can they win some games? For sure. They've got some some exciting talent on that team. We talk about trimming down. I'm, I'm hearing Will Magne has been doing the same. Yeah. I'm hoping to get, see him get back to that kind of bouncy athletic, not mm-hmm. blocking Will Magne from the Brisbane bullets. Um, if, if he's that, Josh Majet, Josh Adams, two really high-level imports. If, mm-hmm. if, if if their other import can can provide a good punch, if Jack McVeigh can continue to improve, I think they've got you know championship experience there in Clint Steindl. And I think people are sleeping on Nikita Mikhailovsky as mm-hmm. well, the Russian next star who is a high-level guy as well. So they've got plenty of talent, but it's just really hard when you're not everything's mm-hmm. brand new. Yeah, everything is going to be a first for. It's going to be a first home game. It's going to be a first road trip. It's going to be a first time playing this team, playing that team. It's going to be a first time as a group going through the trials and tribulations and the ups and downs of a season. And um, you know, we look at the experience of the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Started with a bang, got loaded yeah. with a whole bunch of home games right out of the gate. They took advantage,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but hit a wall. Yeah. And, Finished second last in their inaugural season. Um, been terrific since then. Of yeah. twenty minutes away from a grand final appearance mm-hmm. last season. Hopefully the Jack Jumpers can achieve a similar kind of build, but I think it's going to be tough. Yeah, to one. And I think, um, the I think really the, they will have done well to stay off the bottom for mm-hmm. mine. In reality, excited to see them in the league. Yeah. I'm sure that Scott Roth and the guys down there will think, well, that's a bit unfair and, and you're overlooking us. But mm-hmm. that's, I think for an expansion team, that's the challenge. And um, we'll see how they can go.
0: I mean, United sort of tried it last year, bringing in Yuro Baba, um, a Japanese player. And then that succeeded. I think other teams have all, I think you mentioned it last time you came on. Other teams have looked at it and you've gone, you know that's worked. We're gonna we're gonna give that a try. And then Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, um, the Brisbane Bullets bringing in um some guys alike. I think there was a seven footer in there too.
1: Two seven footers. Yeah. <laughs> Big fella, of Southeast Melbourne Joe Chi, super high level guy. Great signing for them because they were looking for an import mm-hmm. center, um to start in front of Dane Pineau and uh, to replace Yanni Wetzel. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Joe Cheek becomes available, former NBA guy, Chinese mm-hmm. national team. And now you can sign him as a special restricted player. Yeah. Almost all of his salary outside of the salary cap. Huge mm-hmm. savings for them in terms of getting up into the luxury tax. And at the same time, they get a high level player. So there's going to yeah. be some challenges. For him, brand new league, brand new style. The strength and physicality of the league will be challenging for mm-hmm. him, just like it was in the NBA. There's a language barrier as mm-hmm. well in terms of communicating with his teammates and the coaching staff and the like. So plenty to work through. He's also yep. gonna he's gonna head back and play for the Chinese national team in the FIBA windows. Mm-hmm. They're going to lose him, is my understanding, just in advance of the start of the season for a bit of time. Mm-hmm. And again, later in the year during the FIBA window, because that's very important for him. But huge for the league, great signing for them, excited for what he can do. And mm-hmm. Big Lou in Brisbane,
0: all yeah. seven
1: foot five of the men. <laughs> um, now, he's a development player. Young raw project is not gonna play anywhere near the kind of role that Joe Cheese gonna play. But mm-hmm. can he get some minutes? Jack Salt, um, Tyrell Harrison. I mean, they don't have an an all star there in the in the five spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so what can he get done at practice? Can he work his way into a regular spot in the rotation? That'll be interesting to watch. But in the meantime, just just great to have. What is becoming kind of like the globalization of the NBL? I mean, yeah. you talk about those guys from Asia. Uh, Asia I mentioned Mikhailovsky and Ariel, Ariel Hakporty, mm. the French guys from around the league as well. We've got so many players from parts in the of the world in the league this year mm. that we've never had before, and it's it's really exciting.
0: So, how do you see? Um, the next stars going this season? I mean, so far in the league, we've had like superstar next stars. How do you see this next group of next stars, also Mahapak King from next season going this season?
1: Well, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating because um, I chatted with, about this with Dan Shamir, head coach of the Breakers recently, about th- there's, there's an element about a bunch of these next stars coming in this year that's different to what we've seen before. Yeah, Brian Bowen, RJ Hampton, Lamelo Ball, um,
0: uh, Didi Lozada.
1: Well, yeah, Didi Lozada Yeah,
0: Didi Luzada had it,
1: um, but certainly neither of Josh Giddy or Mahave King. None of those guys had played any pro ball mm. prior to stepping out as a next star in the NBL. Now, Lamelo Ball, as a as a youngster in Lithuania, I'm not counting it because it wasn't yeah. it wasn't really the real deal at an NBA. Yet, <laughs> so. But but these guys mm-hmm. have been playing high-level ball. You know, you mm-hmm. look at you look at Ariel Hakporti playing there in Lithuania. Mikhailovsky, the VTB United League in Russia is very, very good league. You've got some really good teams in that league. And he is a two-time young player of the year mm-hmm. in that league. So um these you know you you talk about Tom Digbo and uh, Usman Dieng Hugo Besson they've all got mm-hmm. a bit of a bit of pro experience a bit of experience playing with grown men and yeah. i think that that's going to equip them well for coming into the NBL and playing a role mm-hmm. you know you, these other guys like Lamello and RJ and they've they've come from being a big fish in smaller ponds in playing high mm-hmm. school ball and AAU um, and there's a bit of a transition. Now, some of them handle it better than others. Lamelo, of course, handled it phenomenally well. Yeah. Josh Giddy handled it phenomenally well. Mojave King last year, less so. Yeah. So um, I think that that's a cool little difference with the next stars this year. These guys coming in from Europe who mm-hmm. already have some pro experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, talking Adelaide 36s. ers um, we mentioned bringing in Mitch McCarron. They've brought in Mojave King um, from... Cant and Kai Soto, the big man. Um, how do you see this 36ers team um, going into this season?
1: Well, I'm intrigued. I'm really curious to see how that's going to play out. Brand new head coach as well, yeah. CJ Mibruden. Um, mm-hmm. His first head coaching experience at the NBL level.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: um, it's a it's a really interesting mix of players. You know, you've got, as you were saying, mm-hmm. you've got some high-level veterans who are ready to compete for a championship. Daniel Johnson, Mm -hmm. Mitch McCarron, Sunday, Detch, Isaac Humphreys. Yeah. Some imports who are not too dissimilar. Dusty Hannas, Todd Withers, these kind of guys. But at the same time, you've got these youngsters. You've got Mm -hmm. Mojave King who has to play minutes. Mm -hmm. Mojave King can't move to Adelaide this year from Cairns. And having that roller coaster season he had last year, and not yeah. if at least fifteen, if not twenty minutes per game. Yeah, I Soto, a little bit of a different, little bit of a different kettle of fish. He's not necessarily headed straight to the NBA draft at the end of this season. He has two years really to make that happen, but mm. there'll be some pressure and some expectation to play him as well. So, how does CJ Bruton? manage those competing interests on the one hand trying to win games and mm-hmm. win the championship and on the other hand trying to get a couple of young kids uh, minutes opportunity and the ability to develop their game up towards the nba level not mm-hmm. easy to do mm-hmm. really really difficult thing to do especially when you're stepping out there as a first-time head coach so yeah I'm fascinated to see how they go. And I think the other interesting tidbit as well is that Isaac Humphreys um, is still not completely 100%. Mm-hmm. He had that foot injury midway through last season, completely derailed Adelaide's year. And mm-hmm. my understanding is he has hardly been on the floor. Oh, during wow. Pre-season practice thus far. Um, they're going to take him to the blitz. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're going to look at the potential for him to maybe play a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play in the blitz at all, which means he'll be kind of coming into the start of the NBL season a little underdone and, and uh, hopefully that works out. Okay. There's no sort of re-injury type of situation. He can come out and have a big year, but Mm -hmm. it's an element of disruption to their preparation that has to have a bit of an impact.
0: Um, so what about uh, the Sydney Kings? You know they're coming in with a different approach this season. You know, no Casper Ware, new no head coach Chase Buford. I mean, can you take guide us through um, their off season?
1: Lots of changes, yeah, lots mm-hmm. of changes. Um, so obviously it starts with the head coach. They they were very firm on moving away from Adam Ford. They wanted to go in the direction of a, of an American head mm-hmm. coach. So Chase Buford comes in. Um, Always difficult. And we've got a few of them, don't we? And Chase Mm -hmm. Buford and Scott Morrison, um, guys that are coming in from overseas, G League and the like, um, Mm -hmm. and trying to instantly have success in the NBL. Now, Will Weaver was able to do that. He was a game or two away from a championship Mm -hmm. with the Sydney Kings, but very few others have been able to have that kind of success Mm -hmm. right out of the gate without having spent time here in the, in the NBL, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit of time like James Duncan has as yeah. a Stephen King's assistant or time as a player like, you know, Brian Gorgian and Al mm-hmm. Westover and these types of guys um, did. So that's that's going to be interesting. And then, yeah, they made some big changes within the roster as well. Casper mm-hmm. gone. Jalen Adams coming in to replace him. He's going to be excellent. going to be really good. Has experience playing for Chase Buford and is a high-level guy. RJ Hunter is a good signing. They were able to re-sign Jarrell Martin. So three imports there that will challenge for being the best import trio in the league, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: all with NBA experience. Um, And uh, they're able to bring in Makua Maker, star as well, as well as his cousin Mm Matua Maker. Those two for me... And the return of Dayan Vasiljevic, at what level, when he can come back in, at what level, I think for me are the key to this this team this season because we know how good Vasiljevic was last season. Can Mm -hmm. he get back to that level? And how do Matua and Makua Maker um, handle and manage coming into this pro environment, sometimes playing minutes, sometimes maybe playing less minutes that they want, how yes. does that go? How does that go in the locker room and on the practice floor? Um, if mm-hmm. all that goes well, this team has a really high ceiling. You see the bookies right now have yeah. their favorites coming into the preseason. If all that goes well, they're a championship-level team in terms of the talent that they have on, on their roster. Mm-hmm. But they've got a lot of different pieces coming in that need to mesh together, and that's going to be a big
0: challenge for them. Mm. Uh, once again, like you mentioned, Sydney Kings moving away from Adam Ford. That bit, he's been snatched up by the Cairns Taipans, taking the former Sydney coach on board with them. Um, have you got any idea for them as to how they may want to approach uh, this season?
1: Well, uh, they're they're looking to win. Mm-hmm. You know, Adam Ford. They're not. Then they've they've brought uh, Scott Machado back. They got Kawatnoi and Majuk healthy. I mm-hmm. really like the signing of of McCall. Mm-hmm. defensive guy. He's, he's kind of, uh, you know, a little bit like Justin Simon. He's mm-hmm. going to come out and have a big impact, especially at the defensive end. Um, you know, and then guys like Mirko Jarek and Jordan Nartai both looking to kind of, you know, continue to roll off what were pretty good seasons for them last year. Um, yeah. The big thing for me for them is Steven Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. So I lose Cam Oliver, replace him with Zimmerman. Um, I've got concerns about the kind of level of condition that he's coming into the preseason with.
0: Yeah.
1: Put in a whole bunch of work right now to get in terrific shape for the start of the season. Um, but if if he's a hit, if he uh, works well with Scott Machado um, mm-hmm. and he come, he's come in saying he wants to be defensive player of the year, well, if he can be- <laughs> I mean, Ding Adele said the same thing to me last year when he's not played out. So if he can live up to that, if he can be um, an impact guy for them on pick and roll coverages and on protecting the rim, Mm -hmm. uh, then that unlocks a a real high ceiling for that team. But um, you know, the the it's always a challenge for those small market teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were awesome two seasons ago, fell off a cliff last season. And the big question for them as they go back into the Kent Convention Centre, uh, can they bounce back and 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 surprise some teams again this season? So they've got t- plenty of talent. Mm. And if they can stay healthy uh, and all those pieces come in and, and have yeah. an impact, uh, they can win a whole bunch of games.
0: So how do you see the um, Perth Wildcats you know, bouncing back from that championship loss this season under new head coach Scott Morrison and the whole new ownership group?
1: another team with huge changes isn't mm. it like you yeah spoke to hachi recently yeah. he, he and his crew have kind of taken taken over the reins as you know and um then they've had some big changes within the roster as well of course not none bigger than trevor gleason yeah you know that that under trevor they just had an infrastructure there that meant that they were going to be um, competitive year in year out mm. now last year coming into the preseason I wasn't sure that they had all the pieces to keep their streak alive. I knew they'd be in the mix. I thought they'd be right on that playoff bubble and maybe yeah. out. Instead, they were in. They got right through to the grand final mm-hmm. series. Now they got Bryce Cotton back. He said he's feeling like himself again. He's healthy. He's mm-hmm. back out on the floor. That's big, um, and. They uh they, I'm trying to decide whether to drop this or not. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's big that they got him back.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: because there was a moment during the offseason with Bryce Cotton where maybe that was a little shaky. Wow. Yeah, people most people don't know this. This is not out mm-hmm. there on the pub. Oh, this is a yeah. Becca Sporting Max exclusive. exclusive. Yeah. Sporting Max exclusive. <laughs> uh maybe that, that was a little shaky um mm-hmm. at the time when Trevor Gleason left and and Bryce had a bit of an opportunity to, to think about whether he wanted to come back. Well, he's back. Mm. That's big. Todd Blanchfield's a little injured coming into the season, but they've got Michael Fraser, the import, to play on the wing as well. Vic Law, super high-level signing. Mm. Had some ankle issues. We saw that last season, and they've lingered throughout the offseason. But even not at 100%, he was good at the summer league, and I think he's got yeah. a really good year. And, and Matt Hodgson, a late signing, I think, that kind of helped um, just finish their roster off. It meant that they could add mm-hmm. a little extra punch on the wing there in Michael Fraser because they didn't need to get an import five. So uh, they're going to be good again. Mitch Norton as well, he's back. The Tassie Jack jumpers weren't quite able to, to lose. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're going to be in the mix. The big, huge challenge for them, like it was for New Zealand last season, is Mm -hmm. playing the majority of the first half of their season on the road.
0: Yeah.
1: We know the enormous home court advantage the Wildcats have year in, year Mm -hmm. out. Well, they're not going to have that at the start of the season at all. Mm -hmm. You see the recent news coming out of Western Australia and the, and the, and the, and the roadmap in terms of the border opening up. It's going to be interesting to see Mm -hmm. when they're going to be able to play. If, if they're going to be able to play, their first home games as it's currently scheduled or whether yeah. they have to move and shake a little bit will be interesting. But that's going to be a big challenge for them. New head coach, some new pieces in the roster, but playing all those games on the road early on, them and the breakers have the challenge of trying to get some early wins to keep their head above water mm-hmm. before they go home and make it rain later in the year.
0: I mean, I can feel and sort of sense why Bryce Cotton may have been a Bit shaky there during the off season. Um, you know, I certainly would have had a really good relationship with like uh, Trevor Gleason, and then you got a new head coach coming in. So, like, oh, do I stay? Do I go? I don't know what I'm going to do, but fantastic that he made you know that decision to return. I think he's just going to be once again comes in year in, year out, every year, new surprise from his little laugh from his sleeve. What he pulls out this year, who knows
1: for real? And I mean, he's. He's now working on a legacy mm-hmm. in the NBL that's up there with the absolute very, very best. Mm. Only one person in NBL history has won more MVPs than Bryce Cotton.
0: Andrew you know, Gaze. The
1: Man, Andrew Gase. He's sitting there alongside Leroy. Now, Leroy got shafted for, for some awards back in the day, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's a three-time MVP now. Yeah. Uh, three-time champion. And he is still in the prime of his career. Now that is, that's yeah. scary. Um, great to see that, as you say, he's back with the Wildcats this season. Great to see he's back out on the training floor and, and, he, and he's feeling good and he's feeling healthy. And <laughs> I was asked, I mentioned those very early predictions that we were asked to do recently. And they said, well, who's going to win the MVP? I said, where's well, Bryce Cotton playing?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: because he's, he, you know... Before you've seen any of the preseason or anything, he for me is just the absolute obvious choice because mm-hmm. he's just a superstar of the league, not just in the now, mm-hmm. but all time.
0: Um. So the NBL signing a media and broadcast deal. Um. Just growing. Um. Every year with Channel Ten, ESPN, um, and KO Plus News Corp. Um. What does that mean for the league? Um. As it gets greater every year. Huge. Yeah,
1: huge broadcast deal, um, and you talk about all the different elements to it as well. So mm-hmm. that's key having having all those broadcast partners. A bit of free to wear. The sponsors need some free to wear mm-hmm. coverage. Great um, deal with ESPN, market leader in the sporting broadcast uh, mm-hmm. realm, um, and then of course KO sitting alongside that yeah. beautifully. And, uh, and then, of course, the News Corp element as well. We've seen Matt Logue. He's been turned into a full-time basketball writer. Now yep. the stories are flowing, the column space in the papers, uh, those News Corp papers syndicated around the country are growing mm-hmm. for basketball. So that's all huge. And then on top of that, the league is getting paid millions of dollars now for its Mm -hmm. broadcast rights. Yeah. And that's that's a huge outcome. So you congratulate Larry Kesselman and Jeremy Lolliger and and, and everyone at NBL HQ because when they took over Mm -hmm. the league 2015, 2016, that was an absolute pipe dream. Yeah. That that, that the rights for the broadcast would be sold at that kind of level. And Mm -hmm. they've been able to, to get it to that point and with still plenty of room to grow. So great outcome in terms of the broadcast deal. And, um, and I can't wait to be involved in all of that when the season tips off in a couple of weeks.
0: NBL so referee Jackie Dover, what um, an amazing story. Been selected as one of six referees uh, to participate in the NBA's referee development program. Um, earlier this year, becoming the first Indigenous female referee. Um, can you take me through this?
1: Awesome isn't it yeah right you know we talk about the development of the players in our Mm -hmm. league we talk about the development of the coaches trevor gleason getting nba opportunities matt nielsen getting on an nba will weaver of course transitioning into an on back onto an nba bench um but it's it's in in this instance it's happening with the referees as well um Mm -hmm. so that's, that's huge. She's got a foot in the door now, Yeah, you know, an opportunity to not only just develop her refereeing skill set as a part <laughs> of that development program and perhaps bring it back to the NBL and, and, and continue to grow from there. But who knows if she can, can, you know, the idea of that program is to develop referees to join and, and, and officiate NBA games. So if she can do really well over there, and I've no doubt she will, then she has a chance to become our, you know, our latest export to the biggest and best league in the world. So huge (laughs) congratulations to her, Uh, to Scott Butler, the head of the referees at the NBL, who's been a part of, you know, bringing her into the mix and helping her (laughs) develop. Um, And also, you know, to guys like Michael Allen and Vaughn Mabry, the kind mm-hmm. of experienced um, leading refs in the NBL who've um, helped to mentor the young the young refs coming through. It's mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, it's a great result for her, but also everyone else involved.
0: Um, you mentioned Matt Lowe before now becoming um, you know, the only full time paid um Australian basketball journalist. What fantastic news that is! I mean, I want to congratulate Matt once again. We just interviewed him. Just interviewed him uh, the other day. Spoke to him about it. Um. He was over the moon and like absolutely, you know, enjoying this new position he's in. And uh, the listeners will have to wait for another uh, Sporting Max exclusive we get from uh, Matt Logue. Bit of news um, coming out of, you know, after the release um, a couple of years ago of that Dreams Down Under. Hopefully have to wait for another book.
1: Hey, hey, another book. Another yeah, book. That's huge. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's a champion. Champion bloke, loves the game. Loves the sport, loves the NBA, but 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 also um, has been a big kind of supporter of the NBL over the previous years. So awesome to see him get that opportunity. And I I kind of knew he would get the opportunity. My big question was, well, would he go for it? Would he? Yep. You know, would he be comfortable to stop covering um, the rugby for a little while and mm-hmm. get, fully dive into the to the basketball? scene and I'm mm. to see that that he's doing it yeah excited for the new book in whatever
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> that comes out and um and just I'm pumped for, for all the content that he's gonna the the breaking news the features all that he's mm. gonna pump out over the course of the NBL season uh, as part of that broadcast deal so that's mm. a big time and I look forward to listening to yeah. Have a chat with you
0: <laughs> uh, thank you now you mentioned the nbl blitz earlier on taking place uh, you know in a week or so um how do you think we're going to go seeing this at and at this stage um obviously it's behind closed doors um in victoria um but then also open i'm pretty sure it's open to the public in tassie so you know their fans and the jack jumpers fans finally get to see um their long-awaited return um to their center
1: well, it's not only the doors are open down in Tassie, the tickets are free. Yeah. Thanks to the Tasmanian government coming to the party. So yeah. that's massive. The, the, those tickets, absolute hotcakes. I'll be shocked if those stadiums aren't just packed to the brim. I think I saw a, um, a notification before saying that all the games at the Olverstone
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, uh, Stadium are, are sold out. and, and wow. there's, there's none left there. I mean, sold out spoken for yeah <laughs> um, so that's huge and then everyone else around the country is going to be able to watch the games live um mm-hmm. on ko freebies so if you want to get a bit of the the blitz um mm-hmm. and get a sense for the, the new players and where the teams are at ahead of the season you're going to be able to um mm-hmm. whether you a ko subscription or not so that's yeah. big time and um Tips off, what? what is it, Saturday? Saturday, I think it is, yeah. Saturday the 13th, so it's right around the corner.
0: Um. So are you going to be heading down to Tassie to cover a couple of those games?
1: Not heading down to Tassie yeah. this year because we're actually going to be calling those games from, from here studio. in Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'll be, I just just locked it in this afternoon that I'll be calling on opening night. Wow. Um, and Pete Hawley, and then I'll be back on night two. Uh, alongside Jack Heverin. And um, yeah, can't wait to, 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 I love calling the blitz because you, like I said, you get right from the very start before even the opening night of the regular season, Mm -hmm. you get a really good, if you watch a lot of the blitz, you get a really good sense for where all the teams are at, which new imports are going to have a big impact Mm -hmm. and you get a good feel for um, the start of the journey that each yep. one of these teams goes through over the course of the NBL season. So I've called the Blitz every year for the past six or, or five or six.
0: Yeah.
1: Looking forward to doing it again.
0: So you mentioned uh, the games being broadcast from the studio once again this season. Do you think that's um, sort of a bonus or advantage that, you know, COVID has brought to this, you know, you have to adapt to that studio environment?
1: Well, it is. Interestingly, the MDL flipped it up and, and was calling remotely prior to COVID. Yeah. So we were doing it from the studio the season before. And, you know, there's a bunch of different reasons for that. The biggest one is it's just way more financially yeah. viable to, to do it that way. Now, there's definitely pros and cons, you know, that you really, that I really do miss that the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. when I'm calling games that you get in the stadium, the ability to catch up with coaches and players yeah. uh, in the hours or, 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 or before tip-off um, and, and just, you know, being right there in the mix. But there are definitely some advantages as mm-hmm. well. And um, so I, I think for the NBL, it, it worked out pretty fortunate that as everybody else was scrambling yeah. to start doing that to make it work within that COVID environment, uh, the league, our league, had already kind of got their infrastructure in place, and um, people were used to calling it that way. So um, that that'll be how it is again this season, starting with the blitz.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but there's going to be some some elements of difference. I'm hearing some really cool things about upgrades to the uh, to yeah. the set. Um, I'm mm-hmm. hearing that we're gonna, you know, the analysts like me are gonna have some fun tools to play yeah. with, <laughs> like an analysis screen and a plasma and some some fun stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, that'll that all get rolled out at the start of the regular season.
0: So, have we got any news on when NBL overtime's coming back for this season?
1: Not far away. Yeah. Not far away. Yeah, just we're waiting for our man Corey to get back in the country.
0: Yeah, <laughs> New York at the moment.
1: <laughs> He's been living his best life. Yeah. Went over and called the uh, the three X three at the Olympics. Yeah, straight to the states. Family, friends, whining and dining. If you keep yeah. his eye, your eye on his yeah. social media, and um, but he says he's coming in hot when he gets back. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't have to quarantine. Yeah, he's, he's double vaxxed. He's gonna give a negative test, and he's gonna be out and about. We're gonna be back in the studio in a week or, or so, and uh, yeah, start pumping out over uh, overtime shows Tuesday nights on ESPN.
0: Perfect. Um, now, so the Australian Boomers obviously winning bronze medal at Tokyo on a bright future ahead with, you know, we saw the prospect of Matisse Seibel, Josh Green and Josh Giddy. But I listened to you um, on the whole podcast with the NBL with Brian Gorgian, um post the Olympics. What did you learn or gain most um, out of this interview?
1: Cool question
0: because
1: mm-hmm. it was a, a fun chat. You know, yeah. he, was, he was in quarantine, in Darwin, yeah. cooped up, just wanted to get out amongst the people and talk about the campaign yeah. that they just had. And um, so it was one of the easiest interviews I've ever done because mm-hmm. I said maybe three or four things and he just freestyled <laughs> for, for the rest of the time. Um, was was really cool to hear him talk, take mm-hmm. us behind the scenes, to the, the the conversation he had in the locker room
0: mm-hmm. following
1: the loss to the states mm-hmm. um, where he he eyeballed everybody in that room and picked them back up
0: mm-hmm. picked
1: them back up to, to, to then come out and put on the performance that they did in that bronze medal game yeah uh, and, and and that was huge you know and to hear him talk about how it was, one of, if not the biggest moment in his coaching career. And, yeah. and you, I could sense an element of pride in, in him to say, in that moment, I did exactly what I needed to do. I had exactly yeah. the kind of impact I needed to have. Now the guys out on the floor get the job done. Mm-hmm. But I could sense that he felt like in terms of how I could help, yes. I was able to do that in that moment. And then the other mm-hmm. thing I thought was cool was, when i asked him about the the game against team usa Mm -hmm. and and the huge lead that the boomers had at one point in that game you might remember as a timeout dante's yelling and screaming and we're all at home thinking oh my god we're gonna beat team usa yeah and go to the gold medal game and I asked him about, well, what did he see? What did he see then at the end of that second quarter and at the start of the third quarter where we went from up double digits mm. to down double digits in the blink of an eye? Yeah. And what I thought was cool in his response was he said, I think looking back, I probably made a mistake. I needed, wow. to, be, I needed to be quicker calling timeouts, mm-hmm. try to stop the momentum As a head coach in that situation, you've got so much going on. You're trying Mm. to work out, well, what exactly is going wrong? You've got one of the best, if not the best player in the world in Kevin Durant catching and giving you absolute buckets down one end of the floor. And then you look down offensively and you think, well, actually, we've had a couple of good looks. Mm. Um, It's not like we're not executing and they just haven't gone down. But it was interesting to hear him just... Things Just uh, reflect back and say, despite all of that, I should have sensed the momentum and, and been quicker with some timeouts. Mm-hmm. And to hear one of the greatest coaches, really in the world, yeah, the greatest coach in NBL history, and you know the, the the head coach of one of the best national teams in the world, say, uh, I, I feel like I made a bit of an error there. There are def- I'm always looking at ways that I can improve. I think mm-hmm. was really cool and set a great example for 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 young coaches, come everyone, really coaches, yeah. players, anyone in any line of work, no matter how high achieving you are, you mm-hmm. can always self-reflect and find ways in which you can improve.
0: Uh, so David Anderson, the NBL legend, um an international superstar, called time on his NBL career a little while ago, you know, with amazing memories and championships um, in this league. What are your greatest memories of him?
1: <laughs> well, uh, so Dave Anderson played, grew up playing for Frankston and he mm-hmm. and I are born in the same year. Not wow. now, right? Yeah. It's a, bit of, it's a bit of a bummer for me that he's retired because as long as Dave was still playing in the NBL, mm-hmm. uh, there was somebody um, from my year, somebody older than me,
0: yeah.
1: still in the league, which kind of made me feel good. You know, it kept me feeling young. So now yeah. he's hung it up. Uh, that's not the case anymore. But just I actually remember Dave as a skinny, lanky kind of 16, 17-year-old when he's 6'10", 6'11", still growing, making his way yeah. up to become the seven-foot superstar that he became. And I can remember us at the Melbourne Tigers trying to recruit him, get him to come over and join us,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and uh, him saying, actually, thanks, but I'm good. The Frankston Blues have me here in the CBA. I'm getting a chance to go up against grown men while still playing junior Red Bull on Friday nights. Mm -hmm. And and then of course, just watching his incredible career from there, the four Olympics, the multiple championships Mm -hmm. uh, in Europe, Euro league titles, just a superstar comes back and wins two championships. Yeah. (laughs) He's got a trophy cabinet you can see from space.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Absolutely incredible career. But you asked about my strongest memories. They actually go back for when he was playing for Frankston and uh, coming up through the ranks.
0: Wow. Um, NBL 22 champion prediction.
1: You go first. I
0: don't know. I'm going to say Perth or Sydney. I think United are going to be strong and good, but I don't see, like I've seen a couple of people's predictions saying United in the top four. I'm going up. I think this season might be a bit different in how they adjust to those different um, switches in the group and the momentum they have. I think Dean Vickerman's obviously one of the greatest coaches in NBL history, whether he can, you know, still lift them to the top four. I think they're going to be third or fourth place, but I reckon it's, out of Perth and Sydney, you know, Sydney got the new coach, how they adjust to that, um, bringing in some superstar imports. And then I think what a great signing from the Perth Wildcats, you know, Vic Law, Matty Hodgson, bringing in Jack Purchase from Melbourne United. Um,
1: I dig it. I dig <laughs> it. The, I think the team that a lot of people are sleeping on is Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Yeah. Um, Talent combined Mm -hmm. with continuity Mm -hmm. um, is usually really successful in the NBL. Yeah. So Tommy Greer at the helm of that club has done a great job. He's put a head coach in place right from day dot, Mm -hmm. who is doing a great job, Mm -hmm. a really good job. So now he's getting ready for year three. As we Mm -hmm. said, they were 20 minutes away from a grand final appearance. Last year. Now they've made some changes: brand new point guard in Zavie Mumford, yeah, As we said, new starting center in Joe Chi, but um, a reinvigorated Brian Brockoff with a mm-hmm. full preseason under his belt. I think that'll be big for them. Mitch Creek back in the back in action. Dame Pino back, yeah, and and just a lot of pieces from that team last season rolling over. Into this year, yes. I, they're going to be they're going to be riding right the thicker things come the pointy end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I'm going to probably lean in the direction of Perth.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Uh, the championship goes through Western Australia, mm-hmm. and it goes through Bryce Cotton wow. until it doesn't. Now, yeah. Melbourne <laughs> United in 2018 and last year were able to pry it away,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but. Um, uh, for me, before we even get a look at these teams in preseason, I feel like that's the obvious, the yeah. obvious choice. Despite the challenges we've spoken about, playing the start of the season on the road, brand new mm-hmm. head coach and some new pieces in the mix, I think Perth, you're in, you're out of right there and um, it's a safe bet to say they're a strong chance to to claim championship number 11.
0: What about Illawarra Hawks? How do you think you know they're going to adjust um, coming into this season? Obviously, bring back Justinian Jess. They're
1: going to be really good. Yeah, really good. Um, like a gorge, mm. greatest to ever do it. In this.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Tyler Harvey's re-signed on a three-year deal.
0: Mm. Great
1: by them. Um, right. Electric scorer. I like the fact that they've brought in an import point guard as well, mm-hmm. um, so that they can play Tyler Harvey a little bit more off the ball.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and I think antonius Cleveland's going to be good as well on the wing, and Duwapreath. Mm-hmm. So Sam Frolling, another year of development for him, but he's got a front court partner there in Duwapreath, who's. Mm-hmm. a a boomer. So um, I like what they've been able to put together Mm -hmm. um, and they're going to be in the mix as well. I mean, they're, they're, they're the, the five teams for me, the ones we've spoken about, Perth, Melbourne, Mm -hmm. Illawarra, Southeast Melbourne and Sydney. Mm -hmm. Um, Brisbane are a bit of a wild card for me. You know, Lamar Patterson looks like he's in good shape. So I think Robert Franks is probably flying under the radar in terms of the impact that mm-hmm. he's going to have for them. Um, so they're a bit of a wild card. We've spoken about Adelaide, the talent that they yeah. have, how that all comes together. But that that five, I think, um, coming into the year, as I said before, we've even seen them in preseason.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: feel like the primary contenders for me.
0: Uh, what about NBL uh, season MVP prediction? Bryce. Yeah, absolutely. Come oh, on, man. not not even in question well
1: i i think this far out he's the guy Mm -hmm. right he's won three mvps everyone out west feels like he should have four
0: yeah i think
1: (laughs) bogut robbed him
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, a few years ago um and he's just one of the absolute all-time greats now what i'm interested to see and i chatted with scott morrison about this the mm-hmm. other day is i mean bryce has never played for anyone apart from trevor gleason in the nbl before
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that flex offense that they ran was just perfect for him yeah the whole team played off bryce when he had the ball but when he also when he didn't have the ball
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so that was a perfect environment for him to be the best player in the league
0: yep. and
1: have the biggest impact of any other player in the league.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, w- how that changes with the new coach on deck and whether um, it still is just out and out Bryce Cotton's team, possession after possession after possession at the offensive end, Yeah. interesting to watch and could have an impact in that regard, but I suspect it will because... Mm-hmm. Scott's a, a smart guy, and when you've got a Lamborghini like Bryce Cotton in the car, <laughs> um, you drive it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so do you see the prospect of Nathan Sober, you know, bouncing back and being up there in MVP contention?
1: Well, for sure, I mm-hmm. do. Um, he was obviously top three in MVP voting last year. Yeah. Uh, he's, just, you know, coming off a season in career best form. I actually really liked what he did for the Boomers. In the the Olympic campaign, he had some games there where he actually came out and had a big impact. And he's just in a beautiful place in his, excuse me, in his career right now, where Mm -hmm. um, there's a calmness about him, there's a confidence Mm -hmm. about him. Last year, he's playing alongside Vic Law, and yet Sobes had no question in his mind that he was the best player on the team. In fact, Mm -hmm. as far as he was concerned, he was one of, if not the best players in the league. <laughs> and he was right. He yeah.
0: um,
1: so he's in a beautiful place. Uh, brand new head coach for him as mm-hmm. well. So that's going to be interesting. How does James Duncan go uh, tapping tapping into that, that Andre Lamanis did so well? Mm-hmm. Um, and also he's got some jets that he's going to be playing alongside. Lamar Patterson, as I said, looks like he's coming in in good nick and he's an mm-hmm. elite player, an MVP caliber player when he's at, um, his best as we know and uh, Robert Franks as well I think he's has a chance to be the the best new import to the league this season people are sleeping on how how helpful he's going to be for the Bullets so um, how that impacts Sobi and his MVP candidacy will be interesting to watch yeah no doubt he's going to come in playing once again at an all NBL type of level
0: what about the breakers? No Ty Webster this season. He's gone. How are they going to adjust? To, you know, no Ty, obviously, who was their superstar last year? Are
1: uh, they stacked? Yeah. I think they're going to adjust nicely. Um, mm. Ty's are big out for sure. Um, but you know, Peyton siever Jeremiah Martin, they're pretty nice replacements. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're stacked. I was at their practice yesterday having mm-hmm. a look at their squad and um, they've just got nice talent up and down <laughs> the roster. You know, they've got that Kiwi core there and Tom Abercrombie and Finn Delaney, all NBL second team last year, <laughs> Rob Lowe, these type of guys. Um, they've signed Yanni Wetzel. Yeah. Who was awesome for the Phoenix last season. And uh, Dan Shamir does some things offensively that are pretty similar to Where Yanni Wetzel excelled for the Phoenix last year. So I think he's going to have another really good year. And, um, you know, then they've got some exciting other pieces Siva, Martin, Hugo Mm -hmm. Besson, Usman Dieng, a couple of young guys that that have a whole heap of talent. So huge challenge for them playing their first 12 games of the season away (laughs) from home. Yeah. Really, really hard. It's so hard to win on the road in the NBL. Mm -hmm. And, To not have any games in those first dozen where you're like, we've lost two in a row, but at least we come home, we can get back on on track, Mm. get a a win on the board and then go from there. They're not going to have the chance to do that. Mm -hmm. So can they, unlike last season, can they keep their head above water in Mm -hmm. the early going? Can they go home with a 500 record be six and six or at something quite close to five and yeah. seven. Uh, if they can do that, that's going to be a playoff team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's not going to be easy to do.
0: No, absolutely. Um, Dyson Daniels, you know, is he going to be, do you predict him, you know, as a first round pick in this next NBA draft? I know we're speaking a long way um, in time here, but.
1: I think so. Yeah. Um, that's where he's currently projected and yeah. um, he's pretty good in his in his early action for the G League Ignite mm-hmm. team. Super exciting of course having another Aussie coming through the ranks. Yeah. Son of another son of an import. Mm-hmm. His old man Ricky Daniels was a superstar for Bendigo for yeah. a long, long time. Um and uh yeah I'll be surprised if he's not in and around that that level in the first round. Now things change mm-hmm. right over the course of the year leading into the draft, um, we've seen two guys in Lamelo Ball and Josh Giddy over the last yeah. couple, of years, who have come into the NBL as you know projected kind of second round picks, mm-hmm. fly up those draft boards and get taken inside the top ten. Mm-hmm. Well, it also goes the other direction as well, um, and uh, we saw that a little bit with RJ Hampton, where he got mm-hmm. picked a little later than than where he first expected. I don't anticipate that's going to happen with Dyson Daniels. But mm-hmm. as you say, a lot of water to go under the bridge. Yeah. Um, but all signs right now point to him being a first-round pick and, and, you know, another Aussie headed towards, you know, a really long, successful NBA career.
0: Um, so with the NBA, um, we've got so many Aussie talent and so much Aussie talent um, in the league this year. Joe Ingles is still looking like he's in his prime slow-mo Joe show what he does best um Jock Landau Josh Giddy. um how does this represent Australian basketball you know in its purity and it's in its prime
1: well it, it 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 does exactly that you know it shows mm. that we're an absolute uh we're one of the best basketball playing nations in the world mm. now our women have shown that for a long, long yep. time, right? With, with you know, get, with with girls kicking ass in the in the WNBA, Lauren Jackson mm. go right back to Tim's, Sims, exactly. Um, Tali Bevilacqua, and then you come through Liz Cambage, and and um, you know the, what those guys have been able to do, mm. as well as the Opals. Well, yeah. right now the men, um, doing exactly that. The NBA littered with Aussie talent some Mm -hmm. guys like jock who are trying to work their way into the rotation and get minutes and make a name for themselves yeah um up and coming superstars like josh giddy like Mm -hmm. what we hope dyson daniels will become next season and then a bunch of other guys veterans like patty and joe and the like Mm -hmm. um who are just you know like important parts of the game night rotation for championship contending teams, Brooklyn. Yeah. So um, you combine that with the fact that our our national team is top three in the world. Mm-hmm. The NBL is is one of the best leagues outside of the NBA on the planet, mm-hmm. and uh, you yeah, know basketball is just popping in Australia right now.
0: Uh, thanks, Liam, for coming on the podcast today. I'm putting aside, you know, an hour or so of your time to come and have a chat. Um, it's been a pleasure and a privilege and an honour um, to have you on again.
1: Awesome, mate. Thanks for having me. Always love uh, chatting with you and, and keep up the great work. You kick them butt and um, <laughs> I enjoy coming on for a chat.
0: Uh, thanks for the feedback, Liam. Really appreciate it.
1: Awesome, man. Have a good season.
0: You too. Stay tuned, everyone, for more Sporting Max.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Sporting Max. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify or YouTube and be sure to follow our socials. This episode is brought to you by The Missing Link. This is The Voice of Melbourne and we'll see you back here real soon for another episode of Sporting Max.